Welcome in, folks. It's the final episode of the 2022 NFL season. You like that? Feels great, baby. Is here to recap the Super Bowl and put a close to the 2022 season. What a season it was for both of our teams, the Niners and Vikings, and then, of course, the champion Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Really great game, 38-35. Absolute all-timer with a little bit of an anticlimactic ending. I think there was an opportunity there for it to be one of the two or three best Super Bowls of all time. The little bit of anticlimactic ending changes things a little bit, but all in all, one of the best Super Bowls of all time. I think it's going to crack the top 10. Uh, just came out today that it rated third all time in most viewers. So a successful Super Bowl on the whole. Um, Joey, it's time to recap. I picked the Chiefs before the playoffs. You had them get into the AFC Championship. So you actually ended up winning our little pool because you had the Bengals going to the uh, Super Bowl. I had them losing in the first round. So you got more picks correct. But I picked the Chiefs to win it all, and I got that one. So um, let's just go over the Super Bowl here real quick, do a little recap. Then we'll crown your final jack-in-the-bum of the week of the 2022 season. Uh, Go over kind of the state of our teams as we go into the offseason and some moves we'd like to see made. Uh, We'll recap the final You Like That pick and see how we did overall for the entire season. Give your feels great baby wildest take you feel best about currently and then close the final pot of the 2022 season uh, with some stuff that we're looking forward to next year in a variety of sports. But back to the Super Bowl, Joey. Chiefs 38, Eagles 35. What what's your top line recap of the Super Bowl? Like, what do you think it will be remembered for most? Uh, I think it'll be mostly remembered for Mahomes, Mahomes and Hurts. Really, I mean, they both played you know very well, um, but I think it's mostly gonna be remembered for Mahomes on a on what appeared to be a bad ankle, re-injured it again, and 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 you know brought his team back from ten down at halftime. Um, he's special. He 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 proved me wrong a bit I, I i didn't think not that he was you know obviously not one of the most talented qbs ever but i i didn't think they had enough to beat joe burrow last week with him not 100 percent, and he wasn't and he probably was he's probably closer to 100 percent yesterday but still not perfectly healthy and and boy that run at the end like was was just it's Got probably it. one of his top it's probably one of his top five plays ever, and it's more impressive because it wasn't with his arm. Um, yeah, he it, he was he was darn good. Um, partly because Andy Reid was dialing up guys wide ass open, um, yeah. but he hit him. And uh, yeah, other side note: their offensive line blocked blocked their front, which we couldn't do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, zero sacks that that won them the game and. And, uh, yeah, congrats to the kingdom. (laughs) Yeah, Chiefs kingdom with their second title in uh, four seasons. Mahomes 21 of 27 for 182 and three touchdowns, which good numbers, not incredible numbers, but 96.4 QBR because he wasn't sacked. He also ran for 44 yards with a 7.3 yards per carry. Did not make, I think, a single mistake the entire game. There wasn't even one ball that was like, oh, that could have been intercepted or, oh, it was, you know, way over the receiver's head. Like, 
basically pitched a perfect game with the limited amount of snaps that the Chiefs had, given that the you know time of possession advantage was massive for the Eagles. Um, we got to talk about the Eagles' vaunted D-line that came up with no sacks. You just said it off the top. Huge, huge game for the Chiefs' offensive line, which that was not a storyline heading into the week. And they probably, you know, outside of Mahomes, get the most credit for that victory yesterday, not giving up a sack. But, man, what happened to that Eagles' defense? I mean, you can't blame it all on the turf. I, I That was a bit of a collapse there. Yeah, I mean, well, the, the part that I think they – you know, had a tougher time this week than what the Niners, I'm sure, were hoping to do last week. Is it because they could protect, especially, you know, the first half? Well, they protected better in the second half, but they didn't catastrophically, you know, get somebody hurt in the first quarter. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Andrew Wiley had a heck of a game blocking Hassan Reddick, but they, they were able to to set to use the pass to set up the run. And like I said before the Niners game, they can't stop the run. And and Mahomes with his run up the middle, Pacheco I think had a pretty good day. Um McKinnon made some plays. I mean, they kept him off balance enough. And mm-hmm. and Philly their linebackers are not great. And if they got past that front four, it was you know, it was a problem and 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 uh they were able to hold up not only with the run blocking but the pass blocking getting Travis Kelsey open because he was, again, especially in the first half, too, he was, again, I don't know how that guy gets so open all the time. He's the first guy circled on the whiteboard every week, but um, credit to him. Yeah, they they were they were the stars of the, of the game other than Mahomes. Yeah, and I thought, obviously, like, you know, Mahomes gets the MVP. The main storyline is probably, like, the lack of the pass rush by the Eagles and their defense completely capitulating and everybody saying, hey, look at who they actually faced in their, you know, 16 combined wins across the season. Like, not a lot of great quarterbacks on that list. Like, 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers and mediocre Dak Prescott, probably the best before the Super Bowl, and then they get carved up like that in the second half. But one thing that I think we got to talk about that really, if the Eagles won, I think would have been the biggest storyline is Hurts on the ground, specifically Hurts with the sneak plays on third and two, third and one, fourth and two, fourth and one, over and over and over with that bush push, you know, shove the quarterback over the line with the two running backs pushing. I mean, that play happened, what, 11 or 12 times he had... Uh, 15 carries for 70 yards, a couple of big long runs in there. Most of them were, were two to three yard carries where he just gets shoved over the line. That that was wild, man. That probably would have been the number one story today had they won. Would have been like, what a crazy gimmick play that like led to a Super Bowl title. That was nuts, man. I I was going to say they did it one time. I think maybe the last time they did it was the closest one that the Chiefs came to stopping where they, they kind of did have Hurts stopped. But they didn't stop this forward progress, and then he he got pushed. It's like I was thinking, if they do that one more time, I'm gonna someone's gonna ask for a rule change next year because this again, I don't know what other good reason. It's like the shift in baseball. Like, like why do we have to tell people where to stand on the baseball field? But like everyone's like, this is a tough watch when there's like eight guys on one side of the second base, and it's like this is what are we doing here? Like. <laughs> It's kind of like this, like, you know, we can't tell what the offense to do if they hike the ball from the center to the whoever, like, 
you know, if they if they follow all the rules, like you can run whatever play you want, like stop it. But then again, I'm like, I'm just like, yeah, are we watching rugby? Like, what are we doing? It, and, the thing that made it so successful, I think, was that you have. You said last week Jalen Hurts has the Avengers blocking for him. You have yeah. two Hall of Famers in Kelsey and Lane Johnson, and then Mylotta, who's one of the biggest humans ever to play in the NFL. And it's like Dickerson's a, quarterback, a pro bowler. Yeah, a quarterback who knows how to avoid injury when running, and the it's set up for this situation where you would never do this in Week Three against you know Danny Dimes. You know you would only do this in the Super Bowl where you would basically use your quarterback as a human battering ram like twelve times in one game. It was nuts, and you would see. You were telling me earlier before the pod, you would see the center and the two guards like their helmets are almost touching the ground They're the second the they snap the, the ball. Grass. I mean, it was nuts. And you feel like a rule change is coming, right? I mean, that's something. That I don't. But what would it? Have. I don't know what it would be like. Like you can't have more than one person pushing the quarterback. Like maybe you can have one, you know, halfback back there push the quarterback. But this whole thing where I might even like say on a sneak, you can't push him on a sneak. Yeah, but then you have to define what a sneak is. I don't know. It's. I feel like we kind of clearly know what a sneak is. <laughs> it was. It was visually. Like, you can tell when a sneak's coming before they even snap the ball, like, based on the lineman's stance. Yeah. Like, maybe the defense on the field in real time maybe isn't 100% sure, but watching it on TV, I'm like, all those dudes in the offensive line are in the runner's stance. They got – they have, like, another tight end standing, like, a foot behind the quarterback. Like, do you think they're handing him the ball? Like, he's there to push him, like – it's just we all knew it was coming. The Chiefs knew it was coming on probably ninety percent of those plays, and they still couldn't stop it. And had it, you know, really truly worked out for them, and they pulled off the victory. Say, you know, um, was it? I can't remember. I think it was Sky Moore or Pacheco. It may, it may have been McKinnon. Whoever fell at the one. Say they like Ahmad Bradshaw in twenty eleven fell ass first into the end zone by mistake. I think and it was the McKinnon, Eagles are. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're driving down again to try to score, and they score, and then they do the two point conversion to win the Super Bowl on a sneak play. Like it was all set up there for it to be like this is the most iconic, like crazy shift play in the history of the NFL. Where like imagine like you know let's say 2007 Super Bowl Patriots Giants, one of the teams is like runs the wildcat the entire game. Like that's almost what it felt like. Like. There's this play that we haven't seen in a long, long time. I mean, we see it in college sometimes, and they, they it was their bread and butter. Like anytime they're in a short yardage spot, they used it. It over gets so and over. It, it, it gets so like it has so much success. I'm like, are they about to run it on first and ten after a after a touchback? <laughs> like, You're like why not? Yeah, like Joe Judge. Like, it's like yeah, let's run a sneak. exactly. <laughs> Joe Judge was just on the wrong team. He was ahead of his time. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, now, Vanilla the, the Vic others... could do it. Can their line do it? <laughs> uh, the other storyline that I think comes out of this uh, on the football side of things is the refs. Um, I hate this storyline. Obviously, you know, if you're watching our clips on TikTok and YouTube, we did get a little shit for criticizing the refs in the Cincinnati-Kansas City game, but I felt like that was pretty damn egregious. I feel like this call and this one was the correct call. There are people, though, who will criticize the timing of the call. But, 
Um, that was probably the biggest thing I saw on social media yesterday during the game was the initial reaction to Bradbury's hold on, I believe it was Smith-Schuster when he's running that wheel route. He grabbed him just a little bit. And, I mean, obviously it's a penalty, but the whole, you know, scripted, the NFL is rigged storyline. Yeah, um, I mean... There's always going to be outrage, and that was the latest outrage during this game, and it was really frustrating. But that is I, a storyline we got to talk about. Because, I hate, you know, you're right. I, I mean, I hate talking about the refs at all, but even more specifically about actual like penalties and calls. I really hate to use like when a penalty is called as like, is that a call or not? Like it should, it really shouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. And it was a hold, like. It was it like the biggest hold I've ever seen? No, but it was a hold. And, and his, Bradbury himself credit, said it was said a it. hold. And yeah. good for him. Like, you know, like, good for him. Like, just, he gained probably a lot of people's respect for that. I Probably not Debo Samuels, though. He called him trash. And then after the game, he was on Twitter <laughs> saying, well, who wants to argue with me now? It's a little <laughs> much, Debo. But, you know, um, yeah, he, that's, it was it was a flag. But the problem, mm-hmm. the, the I think a big reason why everyone was so, like, you know, focused on it was because Greg Olson on the broadcast, who I thought did a fantastic job. I think Kevin Burgard and, Kevin, and Greg Olson are, are really good. But he yeah. immediately was like, that was terrible. And, like, when he does it, like, when the broadcast in the game does it, people just want to go on their Twitter and say, this is rigged. This is the worst thing ever. Like, the Chief, the, the Roger just wants Mahomes to be the next Brady. Like, this is all scripted. Why are we even here? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think that happened. Yeah. Needed to tone down the rhetoric a little bit there. Thought on the whole, Cheffers had a pretty good game. It was not like it was like, like what, a botched it, team. To think, like, what other call would have been, like, even debatable? Like, I mean, I thought, for the most part, you didn't even notice the refs until that, but they they called it they called it that's, right. That's the mark of, I think, a good Super Bowl is basically everything that we talked about to this point has been on the field. There was no... Oh, this guy got ejected because of a late hit. That was the gigantic controversy. Or, you know, the refs really didn't get involved until that final play because it was a pretty clean game, a well-called game. And then if the guy who committed the foul that caused the other team to win the Super Bowl says, yeah, it was a foul, that should be the end of the story. So the whole thing of, I I mean, it's such a reductive, like, low IQ storyline over the last few weeks. The NFL script, you know. It's like, well, I, I saw the these... video. I saw the video of uh, it was at the Pro Bowl where some like media person was like, "Hey guys, did you get the script? You know, do you see next year's script?" And like even the players had no idea. Like, what? You... Like, oh, it's scripted, <laughs> right? Didn't you get it? And uh, and like you see all these like players laughing, like, okay, whatever. But did you see <laughs> the one? Um, Kayla's cousin Jake sent me this. Did you see the one where? Uh, I don't know what podcast it was, but Arian Foster was asked about the script. Oh, yes, I did see when that. He was, he was like, did you, yeah. So what happened when you saw the script that said you're now atheist and that your career just fell off a cliff? Like, what did you think about that? What happened when you read that part of the script? And he just was like, oh, God. I'm like, yeah, like, it's yeah. not What rigged. do you think DeMar Hamlin said when he got the script in September? He was like, what? Yeah. I'm not doing that. Like, uh, yeah, you know. Brock Purdy get Brock, the script? Did, did, yeah, did. Brock Purdy saw the script. He was like, hey, wait a minute. You yeah. know, Trey Lance saw the script and was like, threw that thing against the wall immediately. Yeah, I we got to move on from the refs. I just hate talking about that. I, the Chiefs they were did, fine. Especially they were fine. Andy Reid. 
he did everything possible to win that game. I think that was probably his best ever coaching performance. There was two touchdowns in that game where I, the receiver was literally alone on one yeah, side of the I field, just, inside the red zone. Just brilliant scheming. Maybe his best game ever. I have a different – this one's more of a hot take, but I – boy, we'll see in like a couple, two or three years. It might be time to start thinking, is, is, is Andy better than Belichick? Is he? <laughs> Because he won a lot before he got Mahomes. A lot. Yeah. Never won the big one, but he won a lot. And Bill, if he doesn't win anything without, like, anything. Like, I don't mean, I mean, you don't need to win a Super Bowl, but you can't just suck for the next three or four years and then retire. He, he had five seasons with the Browns without uh, Brady, and then he had two seasons without Brady in New England at the beginning, and then... Uh, you know, 2019 or 2020 until now. So it's like a total of 10 seasons that he's coached without Brady. And I believe in those 10 seasons, he's made the playoffs three times and got knocked out in the first round in all three. And then you look at Reed, he had wild success with Alex Smith. Obviously he's had the greatest success of his career with Mahomes, but he had success with, you know, Michael Vick with Donovan McNabb with like Kevin. He had, Cobb, so, much, like, he had so much success that they were like, he can't win the big one. And they're like, the only reason why we're having this conversation is because he wins a lot. Like he's always <laughs> like, they, they were consistently in the NFC championship game in Philly. And uh, he got Jeff Garcia to the playoffs. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, mean he, yeah, and and it just the way the t- the team around him too is like Bill, like everything is just like oh the Patriot way. It doesn't sound like I mean I'm not saying this has to be like you know run this like an NBA team where everything's just we don't care about any structure and we're gonna we're gonna Kyrie Irving's gonna coach the team, <laughs> uh, but like it doesn't need to be like the Marines or whatever's going on and 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 now it, it, even a bigger indictment he just keeps hiring his friends as like coordinators. Right. Like and his kids, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, it's Belichick is now in like year three. The worst of thing that happened to him was was Bill was, was, and, was Tom to win, and t- like Tom's like, well, I didn't need you. Yeah, and then Reed's stock just keeps going up higher and higher. Obviously, if he loses yesterday, that's then four Super Bowl appearances with three losses, and that moniker of hey, the guy who really still can't win the big one. He only had. One and it's one Emmanuel Sanders catch away from being zero. So well, now he's got that, two ten point, you know, overcoming right? ten point in the Super Bowl. Like I mean, that takes something. Like I mean, yesterday clearly was like that was Andy Reid. Give yes. the enemy some credit, the Mahomes, but like yeah, that was him. The touchdown for Kadarius Tony was like when I I mean I'm a sucker for that. This the the snap hits the quarterback's hands. And there is one player in red alone on the entire left side of the field. And I'm like, that is just, I mean, Kyle Shanahan probably watched that 30 times last night before bed with a bottle of lotion. He's like, how, like, he's like how can I do that? <laughs> how can I do that? I mean, it was like an absolutely incredible performance from Reed. And I mean, understandably, this is. Kyle was probably moment. like, I did do that, but my quarterback died. <laughs> And I had Josh Johnson trying to throw it to use check out in the flat. That's how bad it got. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the silly stuff of the Super Bowl. Obviously, this is like, you know, the biggest day of the year for American TV and, you know, sports media and all that. So there's a lot of other things to tackle here. Um, we'll start with the halftime show. And God, we got to tread lightly here because Rihanna is someone with almost universal approval among all people. So 
when I say this, it's coming from a place of this is one of the biggest artists of all time. I think she's the second <laughs> best-selling female artist of all time. Her first live. I'm performance not laughing because that's because that's not true. I'm <laughs> laughing because like we are going to set it up. We're going to get a I, huge buffer. Look, I gotta. We gotta, I gotta, gotta give her buffer. her due. You know, she Proceed. sold 120 million a- albums and singles. All-time great. Okay, hasn't performed live in five years, and it showed. Okay, <laughs> like. I, that's all I have to say is, okay, say Tom Brady starts the Super Bowl five years from now after not playing in the NFL for the last five years. He just comes out of retirement at age 50, goes, I'm starting and I'm going to do it. You would not expect that to go very well. This did not go well. Like, putting the fact that she's pregnant aside, a very low energy performance that was just like, what is going on here? Like, this is an icon, and she's out there just kind of, like, giving it 15% effort and first gear. Like, what was that? What was it? It was the worst halftime performance in the history of the Super Bowl. That's what it was. <laughs> and I don't know what, like, I mean, yes. I mean, congratulations, pregnant. Like, I mean, she shouldn't be, like, jumping up and down and doing it like she shouldn't. Like, you know, it, it, it like, it. It, 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 you couldn't put her on to top it. of the giant thing that it's, Katy Perry came it's, in yeah, on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. <laughs> to, it's like, I want to be like, oh, yeah, you should have been like doing all this. It's like, well, like, I'm, you know, like she's pregnant. Like, you just like, that's that's a big deal as, well, somebody knows uh, what that's <laughs> like. And, uh, yeah, it's just, and, and it, with all the whatever the, all those dudes were doing the whole like around i don't just they they looked like the kkk in the in the hoodies like what the, the hell is going on were just like not great either like i was like like what I am know, i it's watching very strange and yeah like you said like her i mean she's one of the biggest people ever like in our generation and like the standards were high like i'm, I'm and i'm not even just gonna say her i Especially last year. Last year, people, it was you know Dre and M. Like you know, I, I listened. I listened to those guys. I, I love that. I growing up, love that music. And and I'm like, but I can say like that was terrible. Like what? Like that wasn't even good. Like right. there's way too many people. Like they they each sing a verse for like thirty seconds. This I did appreciate the Rihanna was hers. Like it was just her. Like I do like that. Like if right. if the halftime show is Aerosmith, Rihanna, whoever the hell it is. Like, I don't want you bringing, like, I want to see you. Like, like, right. well, let's see what you can do. Right. And, like, all these but people, you go I'm... on Twitter, like, all these people, like, oh, they're just, like, they're they're just like, oh, Rihanna, like, oh, it was iconic. I'm like, just because she made an appearance does not make the whole thing iconic. Like, <laughs> it, she showed up. Like, congratulate, like. I'm looking back at the recent ones, Okay. I, I do not like Shakira and J Lo. That was an awesome performance. Like it's not. Yeah, my I don't listen. I'm not here listening to them. But it, exactly. it made sense though. Like it was in Miami. Like you know, here we go. We're gonna hit the. We're gonna get the Miami people. We're gonna J Lo and Shakira. It was fantastic. The weekend in 2020, he's working with you know 20,000 people on the stands instead of 70,000. I and, forgot you know, about that one. That one. All was, these performers are weird. wearing masks because there's a pandemic going on, that, that and it was an awesome was, show. He did a great I, job. That was weird. I, I mean, I'm just saying, like this, especially among the recent ones, which you, I don't even, ex- re- but that's the thing, I can't even remember them. Like we act like this is such a huge deal. I'm like, can you remember like beyond <laughs> three years? I, Who was I, before Sh- see, Shakira? 
Other than other than Timberlake Janet Jackson's titty, can you remember yeah. any other one? So I actually can because like I do watch all of these sometimes on YouTube just to like remember. You know, I'm like, okay, oh, I remember Timberlake. Beyonce. Beyonce Timberlake was the Niners. Was the one Beyonce yeah. was the Niners in New Orleans, and it was also she was also the one with Coldplay at Levi's because that was yes. here. Other than those, no idea. But I mean, looking back, so here's the thing: is like I, I would have rather seen Nickelback yesterday. <laughs> I go. It's all about, like, did they take a huge risk and do something, like, epic? And, you know, even if the music doesn't sound great or if it's not my kind of music, I can respect it if it's, like, this giant production and this giant effort made. So I'm looking back. Okay, the Timberlake one I thought was bad. I just... I don't even remember. Not, I, I don't remember. He did the one in Minnesota when it was uh, when it was Pat's Eagles. Oh, he did? So that I one, was thinking... Of the, yeah. I thought you were going to talk about the one with uh, Janet. Oh, I didn't yeah, even, he's, I can't he's, he's done two Super Bowls. He was in the one with Janet Jackson, which also was not very good. But I'm like, looking back, I like the Paul McCartney one. I like the U2 one. I like the Cold Coldplay one. I liked um, Bruce Springsteen. I liked when it was Bruno Mars and Red Hot Chili Peppers. I thought the Beyonce one was really good. One. I thought the Madonna one was really good, which was the second Patriots Giants one. All of these are like epic performances. Katy Perry comes in on that giant freaking tiger thing. That was wild. You know, Lady Gaga skydives into the stadium as part of the thing. There's always something cool. This one, they literally like moved her up and down on a platform twice. I saw and then the she memes just stood up there like while Super other Smash people Bros. danced. That's what I'm, it, it was just. That's enough talking about the halftime show, but it was very, very disappointing. And I think people are afraid to criticize online because of how big a star she is and how big a fan base she has. But like, that's the worst one for me that I've seen since. I mean, the Timberlake one was bad, and then. Prior but to then that, again, there were like, some ones that weren't good. But ugh, if I would have said, rough. "Well, what would have improved it?" All this stuff, I'm like, just because Serena Williams wins a major like while playing does does not mean everyone is going to do it. Like, <laughs> like that's an outlier. Like in case you haven't realized, Serena Williams is different. Like most people aren't doing that, and <laughs> like so to ask Rihanna to do all the stuff she maybe would have liked to have done, I don't know. Um. Yeah, it goes down in, I think, one of the bottom five of all time. So that was a disappointing aspect of an otherwise pretty damn good Super Bowl. Uh, the commercials, so I was at a, a Super Bowl party, so I did miss a lot of these, but I watched a lot of them this morning. Uh, the Breaking Bad one was probably my favorite, where they're just like, oh, yeah. I mean, they yeah, that was really funny. For anybody who watched the show, I thought that was like really good and high production value. Like It looked like an episode of Breaking Bad where they're trying to advertise for some chip brand. I was like, that was... That was okay. And then the only one that I wanted to talk about besides that one, I'll throw it over to you after this, but like the Gronk one had all this hype for weeks and weeks on all the football channels. And I thought he was going to kick it through the uprights oh, at the State FanDuel? Farm Stadium. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like during the that. third like, quarter I didn't know break. That was even a big deal. Yeah. And it, it was shot somewhere else. It wasn't live after all that. He misses the kick, but they still give everybody all the money. It's like. That was just an absolute dud. But were there any that stood out to you? Breaking Bad. I mean, I uh, honestly, I didn't think many of them were that. Like, there's it costs so much money to get a spot now. Like, they're right. only going to the same like big companies. Yeah, um, Seven million now for thirty seconds. It's insane. Yeah, I. No, I'd still rather watch the progressive ones. Don't be your parents. <laughs> oh. Like, they they need to make those forever. Those are like, the best. 
the, the the best thing is it's always relatable. Everyone, you know, can relate to something like that. You can never be too safe with trash. <laughs> I thought the Caddyshack one was pretty good where you have uh, Brian Cox from Succession and Serena Williams and Canelo Alvarez and Tony Romo all in the commercial. It was pretty good. I like that one. But I did find out today part, that this aired in Canada that Joe Thornton was in a Super Bowl commercial for an iPhone. Wow. It was Big him and P.K. Subban uh, for iPhone 14 aired in Canada. Um, but again, like Rihanna, you know, people love Rihanna, but, you know, I love you, Joe, but the commercial wasn't good. It wasn't funny. <laughs> like, I mean, it was great to see you, bud. What's going on? You going to you going to come run the Sharks? What are you doing? But like the commercial Not wasn't great. funny. Well, yeah, didn't, <laughs> you know, I give it a D plus. Wow. C minus. Devastating. So I mentioned uh, we watched the Super Bowl with our friends uh, over here in West Hollywood. So we got to talk about our thoughts on Super Bowl parties. So um, I'm a big fan of we focus on the game. Like, yes, we have, you know, a bunch of food and everybody's having a good conversation the whole time. But like when the game is going, especially in a game like this, that's close the whole way and pr- pretty epic fourth quarter with the comeback by the Chiefs, we got to watch the game. But side note, I did have basically only Tex-Mex stuff throughout this entire Super Bowl. Homemade margaritas, homemade queso, you know, taquitos, tiny tacos, chips and guac. It was awesome. You know, shout out to Andrew and Callie for, for hosting. I had a great time. I'm a big queso guy now. I really wasn't before, but now I've been converted. But Super Bowl food, Super Bowl parties. Uh, my stance on this has always been the game takes full importance. What What was your setup yesterday? Was it just you at home or did you watch with with other folks. Um, it's interesting. I think the most important part of any like sports, like watching party, but especially Super Bowl, is like you need to find people that'll watch it with you that have the same priorities. Because if you don't, it ruins it for everybody. <laughs> like, I hate going. Like, I would hate going to a Super Bowl party and like getting there and everyone's like, you know, like, oh, let's make some drinks or like, oh, you want to go outside and like, you know, I don't know play uh, cornhole or what do you want to go like you know let's go let, shoot some let me show you my new kitchen i remodel what I don't, whatever <laughs> it is like exactly i just like if if you invite me like i'm going there and like be prepared for me to yell at the tv or <laughs> and like all bets are off if it's your own team like i'm not going to a super bowl party you know if if the niners are in it like i'll probably lose i'll probably lose friends or they'll be like, what is his problem? <laughs> I was explaining that to the group I was watching with yesterday. I was like, if this was the Vikings in this game, I would be like, I'm not like, up in a bunker. like tacos, yeah. margaritas. I'd be like, uh, <laughs> can you shut the hell up? <laughs> <laughs> I would be holed up in a bunker. And if the Niners would have made it, it would have been the same for you. Like you would have just been like glass case of emotion. I don't care about Rihanna. I don't care about any commercials. Yeah, I feel like, like the halftime, like this is the only time I can breathe for like four hours. <laughs> I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to scroll through Twitter a little bit. I'm going to try to breathe. And then I'm going to come back for the third quarter. You know, that. but when it's a Super Bowl that you don't really care who wins, I kind of was rooting for the Chiefs because I bet on them. But, you know. It's I funny you said Tex-Mex. I, I just went to, uh, um, uh, yeah, Kayla's cousin's. Mason, Jake, and, and their parents. It was just us five because Kayla worked. And um, and my parents were actually both here at my mom's apartment in, in 
uh, in Newark, and uh, my dad was like, "I got to be honest, I don't really want to watch it with you. Um, <laughs> like you're too much." He's like, "I don't, I don't care enough to 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 like." He's like, "I'll watch it, but like you know, you know, I just can't take it." And I'm like, "Okay, cool." Um, so I went Respect. over. Th- yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, it is because like the last thing I want to do is like to go watch it with people and then be like, why are you so into it? I'm like, why are you not? <laughs> but yeah, I went over there and, and, and they made, it's funny. They made tacos. Like they, mm. they make these like outside and grill them. And it was like steak and chicken and shrimp. And, and I've had them over there before. Like I usually don't like Mexican food like at all, but I had those like the last time I was over there. Oh, they were unreal. And like, since then I'm like searching out for tacos and, and I and, and by that I mean just not at Taco Bell. Like I'd had Taco Bell, you know, many times. But, uh. but now it's like, oh, even by our house, like there's a great like taco place. Like, oh, I'm like I'm <laughs> I'm I'm like Yo Soy Jose. Like that's been, <laughs> like, it is. He's finally been converted after all these years of only having. And we even to like we went to that place it. with you guys when you guys came out here. Like yep. Like when we when at that time I wasn't converted yet. I was there. I was like, we got to go here. Like. You know, good burger. There's so many places here. Like we could go. We go here, and like it was good. But I was like, I would have preferred something else. Now I go. I'm like, give me those nachos. Give me the, you know. You a fajita guy or you taco guy now? If I go to like a restaurant, I'd, I'd rather get fajitas because I. It's just that's it's easier to get it there. Mm. Um, the, I actually since I've been converted, I ordered fajitas for the first time. Like probably. You know, a year ago, or mm-hmm. maybe even less than that, way less than that. Um, and uh, problem is, is I stuff too much stuff in a fajita, and it gets like soggy, and then just rips, <laughs> and then it just turns into like a. I gotta take a fork and like just, <laughs> you know. But oh, it's so good, so good. The food is so key at a Super Bowl party, and the folks I was with yesterday knocked it out of the park. And it sounds like the same with you too. Tacos are quick, Memorable. easy. Like boom, boom, boom. Make it and like sit. You could stand. You could sit. You could you could pace if you want to watch the game. Like whatever. It's simple. <laughs> like yeah, it's clutch. You know, wings are always tough because it's such a you know production with you're always having to wipe your hands and whatever. Pizza, I think, is still the goat of Super Bowl party food, but you know, all depends on what folks are going with. And I had a good time. I, for me, yeah. like, I love. Um, like it's ironic. My dad actually can't. I saw him for a couple hours earlier today, because um, he watched it with my mom. My mom, I guess, sent him with like eggs, like those deviled eggs. Oh, I'm a sucker for those. Like, <laughs> I could stuff twenty five of those. Oh, yeah, those are classics too. I kind of haven't had one of those in years. Those are the best. All right, we got to pivot. We got to do it. The final. Joey's Jack and the Bum of the Week of the 2022 season. We've done 13 of these before. And for the first time, we have a non-human Jack and the Bum of the Week. But I'm going to go through the human candidates that I came up with. Obviously, Rihanna. You know, we, I we're... thought about going with her, but I saw your thing. And I'm like, you know what? I think we're going to we're gonna bring that <laughs> yes. point home there. I'm not going to yeah. bring it up again. Th- yeah, we already did our due diligence on that one. And then James Bradbury, who I put him on the list you know, because of the play yesterday, but him coming out and being like super honest about, yes, it was a hold props to him. Like he is not the Jack in the bum of the week. I didn't have the heart. I didn't have have the heart, the heart to call him a bum. 
Exactly. Then obviously Nick Sirianni, you know, second half collapse uh, by that Eagle defense and their defensive coordinator, Gannon. I mean, they're both possible candidates. I thought the whole Sirianni just bawling during the anthem was very strange. As a guy who bet on the Chiefs, I didn't know what to think of that because I was like, this would never happen with like Belichick or Reed or Pete Carroll or Mike Tomlin where the Super Bowl is starting. Well, they're there more often than Sirianni is. That's what I'm saying. It's like, act like you've been there before, like showing (laughs) a little emotion. He's like, I have it. That's what I'm saying. It's like showing a little emotion is cool. And like, you know, that's the biggest moment of his career. So props to him. But that level of crying, I was like, whoa, like that's the leader of the team two minutes before kickoff. Like, get it together, dude. So he was a possible candidate. But like I said, you're going with the first ever non-human Jack in the Bum of the Week. Yeah, it's wild. Only one game. But that, as always, great candidates. But, you know, yeah, I got to go with a, 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 a non-living organism, was it called in, in biology? I don't know. Um, but uh, the Super Bowl jack in the bum of the week is none other than the good old green grass on the field for Super Bowl 57. Wow. They talked about it on the broadcast, all these guys slipping in, and I was noticing it too. But I, I, I wanted to make them the Jack and the Bum of the Week for the sole reason is, I don't know if you heard this, but I read that this grass has been secretly manicured grass for like two years to only be used for the Super Bowl. Like it has been in Arizona, like being watered, the sun, everything. Like they have taken apparently meticulous care of this grass. And I read that it costed... I don't. I think it was the NFL. It had to be. I don't think they'd make you know Arizona or the city or anything pay NFL. It cost them eight hundred thousand dollars to take care of this grass that they input this week for the Super Bowl, and it sucked. <laughs> it was terrible. Multiple players said it was the worst field they've ever. Jalen Hurts changed career. from one pair of Jordans to another pair of Jordans. Uh, the the kickoff on one of them, the kicker almost blew out his knee, just slipping trying to kick it off i don't know there's there there was a play that went viral on twitter when it happened where mahomes kind of stepped up in the pocket and just dumped it off to kelsey but if you look at the all 22 angle this like went viral on twitter as it was happening both reddick and the other defensive lineman for the eagles like right as they get off they both fall down and then the center for the Uh, Chiefs also falls backwards and falls down, which causes Mahomes to slide up in the pocket and drop it off to Kelsey. And Mahomes slips and falls as he's throwing the ball. So it's like four of the 10 or 11 players in the box are just down, non-contact. Well, I I read that they painted the entire field. Not just the logos, the whole field. Like they paint, they wanted to make like the masters, like they wanted to make this look green. Mm Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, maybe not do that again. Like, I mean, I could see because I, I saw the Eagles like some of their players like you know our our defense our D line couldn't they didn't have the jump because they they thought they were gonna I'm like you know I want to be like <laughs> that's an excuse, but then I was like, you know it it did I mean guys were slipping everywhere like it, it 
It looked like they were playing like that game Niners Chicago in week one, where it's just like the field is just inundated with water and nobody can get any kind of traction on the field. It was really, really odd. And they, they caught onto it early in the game. And then of course, Eagles fans who it would have been the chiefs fans if they lost, but Eagles fans after the game are like, this is a travesty. Like, look at this compilation of 31 times that an Eagles guy just like planted his foot and it came out. Like we all knew that was going to happen to whoever lost because that was like one of the main storylines besides the refs and the great performance by Mahomes was like, it was a slip and slide out there the whole game. So a very valid Jack in the bum of the week for sure. <laughs> I can't believe it. Our first time it's a, yeah, the- it's a, uh, non-human, non-biologically, uh, uh, not non-mammal, uh, to win the award, but that's the final Jack in the bum of the week for 2022. Uh, the grass at <laughs> Super Bowl 57. Um, Slow news before week. we <laughs> before we wrap this up and do the you like that and the feels great baby. Let's just do a quick state of our teams as we go into the off season. Uh, towards the end of of the pod, we'll kind of discuss what our off season plans are. But like we got to discuss the Niners and Vikings and what we're looking for as fans as we head towards. Um, you got free agency opening. Uh, you got franchise tag deadlines coming up in the next couple weeks. Uh, you got the draft coming in April. The combine, all that stuff is coming up. Um, for I'll start with me for the Vikings. Uh, we hired Brian Flores, who was who I wanted all along. Um, this is the defensive coordinator that we needed. Obviously, Ed Donatel didn't work out. A very very conservative uh, coach who. You know, last year it was just not a scheme fit. He tried everything he could to get it to be, you know, the way he envisioned it, like being a Denver style. You know, our edge rushers have a ton of pressure on them to get to the quarterback, but everybody else is going to have, you know, all this ample room to to cover. Our nickel corner is just going to be roving all over the place, and it never materialized. And our defense was Swiss cheese in the second half of the year. So, um, I love the Flores hire. That is step one. I like that uh, the cap has risen $20 million because that gets us out of salary cap hell. Uh, and there's some flexibility there in terms of we need to rebuild the defense like super fast, uh, given that the contention window is very short and we need to turn it around quickly. And I think that probably involves either restructuring or cutting several guys, Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Harrison Smith. Um, you know, you're probably going to see a trade or two there. You may see even... Um, Zadarius Smith being let go after having like a really good season just because of the cap number and his age. So looking to the Vikings in the offseason, there's going to be a lot of change. Obviously, Brian Flores is probably going to want to bring in some of his former guys from both Pittsburgh and Miami uh, on that defense. And I can only hope that we can rebuild it quickly because, you know, the contention window is very short uh, with an aging quarterback, just an aging roster in general. So going to be a a very pivotal offseason for the Vikings' new GM, Kwesi Adolfo-Mensa, and his you know strategy last year did work with the wins and losses, but we're going to have to see if he can rebuild the defense on the fly this year. So uh, what are we looking at for you for the Niners uh, in the offseason? Obviously, a lot of things on the checklist for a team that just went 13-4. and four. Yeah, number one is, is just the quarterback. Figure out who's going to be healthy. Um, sounds like Trey Lance will be healthy for OTAs, and he'll get his opportunity to – take some reps with the with the ones and and uh and eventually i mean looks like the time when brock pretty gets surgery i think next wednesday and they're saying six months which puts him like yeah mid-august yeah yeah so i mean and that's probably you know maybe 
best case scenario. Who knows how it might be Trey Lance, you know, week one, week two, who knows? Um, but to figure that out, I, I, I wouldn't mind a, a veteran, like clearly backup. I don't want like Derek Carr or anything, but, um, a guy, somebody mentioned this, I read this, and I was like, that makes a lot of sense if the number's right. But Jacoby Brissett wouldn't be bad if they can, mm-hmm. you know, if he, if he doesn't somehow get a big offer from somebody, if they could, he's a free agent, sign him, or heck, bring back Nate Sudfeld, because I, I'm not convinced both of those guys, Lance and Purdy, are going to stay healthy. And and I don't want to see Josh Johnson until we absolutely have to see him. <laughs> um so we might need a third guy, or they could just draft a guy. Um, that's number one. Number two is they have free agents, and the biggest one, Mike McGlinchey, we need to figure that out because he's getting everybody hurt um, behind him, and uh, his he, he makes his money being a pretty pretty darn good run blocker, but pass blocking is a, is a circus. So um, I'd like to see them because he's going to get – I mean, I think if they franchise him, which I don't know why they would, but – it's like fifteen million. I saw this guy predict his contract to be four years, sixty million. I'm like, that's fifteen million Ooh. a year. Like what? Um. Uh, they need to fix that. And the other thing, well, Jimmy Ward's their other like bigger free agent, but I just don't even think. I think he, I think he kind of fell out of favor with Kyle, as yeah, he said sure. on his his little Instagram live. Um, and and the and the Niners, what they like to do is they really do, and I think this is why they're so successful with coaches and stuff is they, they really do love to promote from within, you know, the coaching and the players. And before Tashawn Gibson got, you know, the starting job from Jimmy Ward, because Jimmy Ward missed the first four games with a quad injury. Gibson took his role and never gave it back. And so they were paying Jimmy Ward all this money. Like we got to keep you on the field somehow. So they moved him to nickel corner, but they drafted a guy, Samuel Womack, um, this year, and he was playing really well preseason in the first couple weeks, and then all of a sudden he gets benched. And so I think what they're going to do next year is like, fine, Jimmy, you get whatever contract you want. We're going to save money not paying you because we got a guy here. Like, he's making nothing. Uh, Tashawn Gibson is a free agent. I'd like to see him back, obviously. But um, the other thing is they they need to get better on the defensive tackle because Javon Kinlaw is built like Hercules and he moves like me because um, <laughs> he was tossed out of the – Tossed out of the club, tossed out of the bar, wherever you know your place to hang out is on on the weekends. He was tossed out of it repeatedly against the Eagles, and they ran right at his gap all game. and uh, And that's even when he's on the field. He's not he's not on the field a lot too. Um, but I Some I highly highly doubt. to consider as well. You know, when you're a team this good and you got that many great players, you probably have to find a way to sign, you know, a couple of these guys to extensions that probably backload it so that you can, you know, save money towards, you know, 2023 when your contention window is still wide open. So a lot of different moves that Lynch is going to have to make going into next year. Um, Would you like to see any big free agent moves or do you think it's kind of one of those situations where the move might be to keep everything in-house? I mean, yeah, I mean, big, no, nothing big. Um, I, I could see them hope I could see them maybe signing a guy like who's a cap casualty, who is a free agent, who they may be able to get at a good number. Um, like you mentioned Zadarius Smith. I'd love that. Um, cause they need somebody outside Nick Bosa, which by the way, 
extend him. But they, <laughs> like, the Eagles have Hassan Reddick, but then they have, like, Javon Hargrave, who he's also a free agent. Um, Fletcher Cox, Brandon, like, they have other guys with double-digit sacks. It goes from Bosa at 18 and a half to Charles Amenahu at, like, four. And and it it's like one man wrecking. And, and it's like year, yeah. he like he was so successful even his rookie year. I mean, he wasn't as successful as he was this year, but he could be so much more if they had a guy who they still haven't replaced, like D Ford, on the other end. And, you know, Ebu Cam and, and Omenahu have been, you know, decent depth guys. But clearly like the Eagles showed like you need another you know, you need another guy. And and uh Zadarius Smith. I even saw the Chargers might have to uh, cut Khalil Mack. He would be nice. Um, they need an edge rusher outside Bosa too. Um, but yeah, nothing too big. I don't. I don't need to get in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. I don't need to get. Yes. I don't need to get in the, you know, big money free agent. I don't even. I don't know who. Like yeah, we don't need Lamar. We don't need like we're fine. Um, yeah, Niners' priorities are going to be right side of the line, extending Bosa, probably getting another rusher on the opposite of Bosa, and then just making sure those QBs are healthy by the time week one rolls around. And then Vikings, like I said, it's got to be linebackers, corners, and safeties. And, you know, if you need to drop some of that, you know, veteran leadership on the team, especially, you know, Thielen and Cook, who are extremely expensive to make it work. It's probably the way to go. Like you have to lean on Jefferson; he's your best player, and hope that he can create the offense. That defense has to improve at all costs. So, um, as we get closer to that big free agency day on March fifteenth, and uh, we get those decisions on franchise tags and and the cap situations and all that, we'll we'll get into that when we get there. But for now, those are the priorities for our teams heading into the off season. Uh, quick recap of the you like that picks of the week uh, total. Totaled it all up for this year, 25-15-5 in the regular season and 5-4 and four in the playoffs. So, you know, for a couple of schmucks just starting a podcast, we did pretty damn well. I think it was a, a good give and take where, like, you know, say I would like, like, seven games this week. There would be three or four that you would be like, uh, I disagree with that. And can't argue with the results, you know, 10 games over five hundred in the regular season and then a winning playoff record, so... We did pretty damn well for for our picks in this first year of our pod, so proud of that. Um, And then here we go. The final Feels Great Baby Wildest Take of the 2022 season. Uh, This is a topic that you're going to bring up that has been making the rounds on um, FS1 and ESPN today. Uh, An argument I vehemently disagree with, but you're going to make the case (laughs) for. (laughs) Uh, I feel great, baby, about... I think Patrick Mahomes is already the third best quarterback ever. I I think that may be part projecting, but I don't want it. Like, if he retired today, I mean, I was thinking about Did he have, like, the greatest season ever for, uh, like, a player? I mean, he won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. He won the MVP. He led the league in passing touchdowns. He led the league in passing yards. I he's He's got two Super Bowls. He's got two Super Bowl MVPs. Like, I'm trying to think of the other players you could put him up with. Like, I did see even, the stat today. Even Peyton Manning, that, like, okay, he won four, more MVPs, but, like, that second Super Bowl, like, that won him. Like, quarterbacks to win two Super Bowl MVPs and two regular season MVPs. The only ones ever, Mahomes, Montana, and Brady. That's it. So Well, there you go. That's that was my argument. 
So thank That's you. That's what I'm saying. It's like I saw this today on FS1. You were making the argument to me earlier over text. You're like, there is a case. So I say, make the case, and then I'll make the case against. Like so, so, like I saw on ESPN, one of them was like, he's already the best ever. I'm like, okay, bud. That, like, could he get there? I think he could. I mean, absolutely. I think if he gets five or six titles, like, I think people are going to say, like, you compare him to Brady. Like, obviously, Mahomes is more, you know, talented. I mean, he's got with the arm, the the legs, everything. He's more. But he's five Super Bowls behind Tom Brady. Five. Not like one or two. Five. And Tom also appeared in three other. Like, he went to ten. And including one he lost, he threw for a Super Bowl record, like, 508 yards. Like, let's pump the brakes. I mean, if Mahomes, like, if Travis Kelsey, something, like, he gets hurt or Andy Reid retires, like, we don't, you know, like, it could, like, there's a long way to seven. There's a long way to five. I mean, it, it, like, he could get there. I mean, is he, is he pretty darn close to Montana? Probably. I mean, if he, I mean, I could see him getting, you know, one or two. Maybe Kelsey gets one of those MVPs if they, you know, in the future. But I, I mean, who else is there? I mean, Brett Favre. I mean, he won once. I, you would so think Rodgers. Mahomes has already blown by Rodgers. Like that's the thing is there are all these great what ifs of guys who won one. So I look back at Brett Favre. Obviously, there were so many opportunities for him to win that second and even a third, and he just didn't get there. Rodgers won in his second season as or his third season as a starter in the NFL and then hasn't even been back to the Super Bowl since. Same with Drew Brees. He only went once and he won, and that was, you know, eight years into his career. He played twelve seasons after that and never even got back to the Super Bowl. There Dan Marino, I, I think. I have another hot take now that you said that the, the the Drew Brees. I think he's it's gonna sound harsh, but I think he's one of the most overrated quarterbacks in NFL history, but well, I would kind of agree with that. I think Eli Manning. He's like the Frank Gore of like quarterbacks. This like, is just because you play forever and rack up like numbers does not mean like was he ever like the best player in the league at any point? Like best quarterback. So this is this is my argument when I rank the top five or ten quarterbacks of all time is it's all relative. Like I put Johnny Unitas ahead of guys like Drew Brees because at one point he was unequivocally the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I, I like value six, that metric. Stretch. Like, you have to be the best for, like, at least one year, preferably two or three. Right. And Drew Brees was never even the third best. Yeah. Okay? There was, he, there was, maybe sometimes he was third best, but he was never second best. It was Brady and Manning and then him. There was never And then never once Manning, it was like, it was Rodgers. Exactly. And I would say basically starting in, like, 2010 – through the end of his career, Brady Manning and Rodgers were all ahead of him. And then, you know, by the time it's 2018, 19, 20, you know, guys like Lamar and Mahomes and, you know, they're ahead of him by then. So at no point was he ever even the second best quarterback in the NFL. So then there's this whole other thing of like, you got to talk about Super Bowl titles. So Terry Bradshaw won four, but he's not in the conversation because he played on a team that was all defense and running the ball and at no point was ever one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yes, he was a winner and a tremendous you know, leader and game manager in, in big games and whatnot, but you look at all those Super Bowl titles and AFC Championship titles, the score was always like 13-6. to six, You know, The Immaculate Reception game, the final score was 7-3, to three, I believe, or 7-6. to six. Like, you know, th- it was a completely different game, but he was never one of the like three or four best quarterbacks in the NFL. So 
my top three, Brady, Montana, Manning. I strongly dislike Peyton Manning, like, as... I was always a Brady guy. I don't like Peyton Manning. I think he's, you know, he's good on TV, but he's kind of a schmuck. People don't give him credit for how much of a schmuck he was. Like, in college, he had all these, you know, allegations against him. And this whole thing about coming back from that neck surgery miraculously and the HGH showing up at his house and it was for his wife and not for him. And all these things that got brushed under the rug for that guy. Still, in my opinion, the third best quarterback ever behind Montana and Brady. I don't think... Even if Mahomes, let's say he plays well for another three seasons on the current pace that he's at, I think the longevity is very important. So Manning was one of the two best quarterbacks in the NFL for like 13 seasons, which Mahomes has to play at least 10 to 12 seasons at the level he's playing right now to leapfrog Manning. I think he will get there. I think by the end of Mahomes' career, he will be the second best quarterback of all time. But right now, I don't even have him in the top five. I think once... You don't have him in the top five? Well, the 10-year plateau is the thing. Once he reaches that 10-year, so say... say, So your thing is just longevity. Yes, you have to play for X amount of years. Like, this is the argument with Patrick Willis not making the Hall of Fame. He was the best linebacker in the... I should have made that. I'm like, he's better than all these other guys. That's what I'm saying, is... If a guy only plays seven seasons and six of them he was the best linebacker in the NFL, he probably should make the Hall of Fame... But if there's another guy who played 14 seasons and five of them was the like best, if Frank Gore then... gets in and Patrick Willis doesn't, that's a problem. <laughs> and this is the thing that's like Frank why Gore you have to play ran for two and a half seasons. yards for 498 years, and it's going to get him in the Hall of Fame. But Patrick Willis played seven years, absolutely dominated, and he's not going to get in. It it I mean availability and being there matters, and I. Mahomes just needs to play at the but level. But Mahomes he's has already been. Right what is he? He's probably already been. I mean, I mean, at worst, the second best quarterback in the league for, for five four, straight yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. All five. You could argue he's he's, he's number one in all five. Right. He didn't. You he can't won tell the me MVP Lamar Jackson twice. in that year he was better than Patrick Mahomes. You can't. I don't care that he won MVP. Well, yeah. I mean, Mahomes won the Super Bowl that year, so it's like you know the Mahomes. Even the season where he didn't win the the MVP and wasn't like in the MVP conversation, that was the year he won the Super Bowl. So it's it's wild. I agree that he his ceiling is to flirt. With I thought being there'd the be more guys time. with 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 Super Bowls and MVPs, but really it's just Brady. That's what I'm saying. Is I don't think he'll like ever Manning. Even I think had close. four MVPs. Uh, I think Manning had five. Five, but a lot. he. He went to three Super Bowls, won one, and was just a corpse in the, in the <laughs> final game. And, like, so. Rodgers has four. but Rodgers has four MVPs, but only one Super and, Bowl and appearance. He, and he has a couple, like, I mean, black eyes at some of these some of these playoff losses, like at home to the Giants know, in 2011. The Giants, even Tampa at home, they lost as a one. I mean, I know it was to Brady, but still. And, again, Absolutely not, to, not to beat my guy the down. the Niners in 2019, not, yeah. But I don't even put that on him. I mean, Raheem Mostert is still running. Like, <laughs> but the one that was was the the two years that, like when he lost to Jimmy at Lambeau. Like, come on! You said this whole time. Like, let's get one in Green Bay. Well, you did, bud. You did. <laughs> so that's what makes it so difficult. Is there is a large drop off after three? I agree. 
Mahomes, I think, will get to probably number four all-time at some point in the next two or three years, and then his ceiling to me is number two all-time because, like you said, he's five Super Bowls behind Brady. No one has won five Super Bowls other than Brady. Okay, Joe Montana was for decades the greatest quarterback of all time. He only went to four Super Bowls. Brady went to ten. Mahomes has been to three. Like, he's 27. It's not like he's, you know, 24 years old. Like, most quarterbacks will play at an elite level until they're 34, 35, and then, you know, slowly ride off into the sunset as they hit 40. Brady played for 23 years, went to the Super Bowl 10 times and won seven, and won five Super Bowl MVPs. It's never going to be equaled. I agree Mahomes' ceiling is second for sure, but to have him third now, I don't know. I It's crazy. He's, I, it's, it's I thought crazy. there'd be more. He's got two MVPs. Two Super Bowls and two Super Bowl MVPs. And it's I, just those three guys. I thought there'd be more of that. I really did. But then you think about it, it's like the only guys who won multiple Super Bowls don't have the MVPs or if like like Eli Manning, right. like you said, like really? We're not putting you up. Um that's one that I want to – completely separate topic, but, like, when we're ranking top quarterbacks, anyone who puts Eli Manning in the top 25 is a fraud. Like, he was <laughs> never even one of the, like, 10 best quarterbacks He wasn't in the even NFL. better than Jay Cutler. That's what I'm saying is, like, he had two good playoff runs, and the rest of his career was, like, you know, Brett Favre at his worst – was Eli Manning at his best, you know. This was a turnover prone dude who somehow dragged nine and seven and ten and six teams to a Super Bowl. And by the way, never won a playoff game outside of those two seasons. Completely side topic, but like you lose credibility when you put guys now, like see, him in the conversation. I, you made a point about the titles. I'm also like I don't like that we talk about it like titles, but it's just the way it goes. But I still would put Dan Marino up there pretty damn high. That's so. I wanted to get to that. I have him four right now. He did yeah, not win I mean, the I Super could... Bowl, but he, he, I would say, is probably the comp to Mahomes in terms of season two in the league. Both of them had their breakout. Mahomes in twenty eighteen and Dan Marino in eighty four. Dan Marino's nineteen eighty four season, when weighted against how the league was at that time, is still, in my opinion, probably the greatest season any quarterbacks ever had. To throw for 5,000 yards and win the MVP as a 23-year-old in 1984 when teams could decapitate you on every play and not get a penalty, I mean, absolutely incredible. He never got the Super Bowl, but, like, you know, he held every passing record when he retired. He was, you know, the opposite of Montana where, you know, he didn't get to the big game and make have his Joe Cool moments, but, like, regular season-wise there wasn't anybody better until after he retired. So I have him at four and then I have some kind of mix of Mahomes, Elway, uh, and, you know, possibly Brett Favre there at five, but it's tough to tell, but it's always a great debate. And we'll be, I forget about, I don't know why I forget about John Elway. Kind of Elway went to five, which people forget. He won the two at the end, but he, he went to five Super Bowls, great runner and passer, Probably the biggest prospect in the history of football. Like it was either him or Andrew Luck coming out of college, where it's like this is this guy is the most can't miss. Ironically, of a both generation. went to Stanford, <laughs> and Stanford just can't get people to. And they suck. <laughs> um, 
So there it is, your final feels great baby of the 2022 season. Uh, Joey says Patrick Mahomes is already the third best quarterback ever. A uh, lot of debate on that today and then in the coming weeks on the, all the sports media circuits. Uh, let's close the pod. So uh, we're going to talk about some stuff that happened this week outside of sports. Um, our plans for what's coming up next for the podcast and just for us as sports fans as we go into the the dreaded time of year where it's it football not being it the number blow. one story. Um, for me, I'm landing on my feet. I'm going to Riviera uh, either on Friday or Saturday, depending on how Tiger plays. But Tiger Woods is back. It's his first regular PGA Tour appearance in a non-major in almost three years since he played in Japan in 2020. Um, pretty freaking wild that he waited until like three days before the uh, tournament was set to start its practice rounds to announce. But he is going to be there. Bought my tickets. My wife and I are going absolutely pumped to see the goat again i haven't seen him play in you know 10 years since back when we went to the u.s open at olympic club like this is going to be sick man i get to see tiger play it's a great way to to so you bought tickets friday and saturday i bought the ticket the way they do the tickets is it's like good any one day oh that's what i was gonna i was like you said friday or saturday i'm like i was like you just get to go whenever you want yeah, I was. They do sell individual day tickets, but they also have this thing where you can just buy like. Can you, you know, did, can you tickets. go Sunday? Yes, you can go any day, and they they make it so that you know it's kind of spread out like that. It's not crowded there because it's such a like it's not like Augusta in you know the level of history and whatever, but it is one of the most exclusive clubs in the world. Like, costs two hundred and fifty grand to be a member there, and you have to know you know, a million people to be able to get in there. So they really do limit the attendance, but I got inexpensive tickets. We're going to go Friday if he's clearly going to miss the cut so I can watch him play or Saturday if he does look like he's going to make the cut. So uh, it is going to be great to see probably my favorite athlete of all time do his thing uh, at least one more time. So I'm landing on my feet sports wise, getting to check that out Uh, for you. It's, it's going to be a tougher slog because I mean, the sharks, not much to watch there. And Trade then, deadlines coming up. Woo! <laughs> I mean, I'd, yeah, it's a rough. They, spot. I was texting my dad about it. I, you know, I give them credit. They haven't quit. I. They actually had a pretty decent road trip. I mean, they. Uh, but yeah, they're gonna start selling the selling the parts, and uh, yeah. I think Meyer's definitely going to be gone. Carlson, I don't. I still don't know if anyone can fit that money in the cap. They read it was reported they were talking with Edmonton. I'm like, oh, is McDavid coming back in the trade? What's what are we getting from there? Evander Kane. Oh my God, it's getting wild. Uh, you know, for for you, I think this is probably one of the weirdest times for you as a sports fan, given. Basically, your whole life, the Sharks were good and the Niners were either mediocre or bad. They did have the The Niners were either like challenging for the Super Bowl or challenging for the first pick. There was no in-between. Now now you're in a situation where the only one of your teams that has any hope is the Niners. And it's like when their season ends, oh, man, it's a rough seven months waiting for that first. But like you are probably with the A's. Like, I mean, I really I mean, I don't love the games, but I enjoy like I'm still on like, you know, capfriendly.com all the time like can we fit this guy in the cap in 2026 <laughs> uh his money comes out like i still like i still enjoy doing that but it's like hey here's the game and it's like oh uh, you know we're a long way from the playoffs but 
you don't even want to know how, and since the Vikings got eliminated, how often I look at the A's roster resource page where it shows, you know, each guy's option status and service time and what he counts against the luxury tax and like what the A's salary is and, you know, looking at the depth chart and we just picked up this guy. How does he rank in our prospect? I saw they traded AJ Puck. Yeah. And the guy they picked up from the Marlins is supposedly, you know, he's a number four overall pick in the draft and, you know, he could start. I the saw it. I was like, why did, team. why did Miami want AJ Puck? Yeah. I mean, nobody's going to care about this on the pod because they, nobody listens to baseball. Maybe they do. Maybe know, we found an, an, uh, a niche. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe they do. But like, yeah, I mean, going into the A season, I look at all this stuff. I read their blog every day, the athletics nation blog. And I just try to get all the information I can. Cause when the season starts, I have already formulated, you know, I want to see these eight guys on the opening day roster. By the end of the season, I want to see these seven prospects called up and playing, you know, meaningful games. And I formulate my opinions through spring training and watch and be like, oh, that guy clearly can't hit or that guy can't throw strikes. Like, you develop that. And that's like, because that's basically all you have until football season comes again. So I've been formulating my opinions on that i did make some bets on uh mlb season win totals when those just came out so what's the A's all win my total 59 and a half oh, baby boy. <laughs> and i bet the over <laughs> uh I, I i made some of those bets and i'm i'm gonna write another baseball preview like i do every year so gotta do my research on that um but yeah, it's going to be for both of us, unless, you know, Tiger goes on a magical run at a major or, you know, one of my soccer team, Tottenham, somehow makes it to the Champions League final. It's going to be a very dark next five to six months until football comes back. So bit of a rough spot for us, but we're going to push through it as be we just, always be do. Just as loyal sports fans. all the time. I really yeah. like I, I just I, I always liked the draft, but lately, like with the Sharks being crap like and usually this time's like i do i do actually enjoy like the draft stuff the draft process like i it 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 it, it uh it it's actually kind of cool like oh we're gonna get this guy in the third round we're gonna we're gonna get this guy and then it's like <laughs> you're yeah. like please just let the game start like you know you you can only like, read so many just like hall of fame game like, let's watch guys battling for the 53rd spot on the roster for three hours. Like, oh, just get us to the Remember game. last year Josh Jacobs was in that game, like, in the fourth quarter, and we're like, this guy is going to get cut. And then he just became, like, the best running back in the league. He won the rushing title after being, like, a fourth quarter running back in the Hall of Fame game. <laughs> and that, folks, is why we always watch. Um, all right, so we're going to talk about something outside of sports here. Uh, this is a seminal moment in the history of the podcast, <laughs> so... A huge announcement came down on uh, Kayla Moore's Instagram a couple weeks ago. Uh, Joey is going to be a dad. Clap it up, folks. <laughs> Can you believe this? Congratulations, uh, sir. I cannot believe it. It's still weird to hear. The first of like my really good friends that's going to be a dad. I cannot believe it, man. What was... What was I, you've told me you've been holding this in for months. So, like, I have. what is going through your head when... She puts that on Instagram and everybody starts texting you. Well, that wasn't too bad because, trust me, she, like, you know, went over that over and over about, like, does this look good? Does this look like, I knew it was coming. <laughs> like, I knew, like, when and 
because we had to coordinate it with all these people. Like we told our parents and like, we're like, do not tell anybody. Like, and then parents are like, so like, what is it? Can we tell people now? Like, uh, so we're like, I, so we had to like coordinate the whole thing. So we did. And yeah, it was, um, basically this is my Instagram post since I, um, still haven't been back on social media, which I kind of enjoyed being Great. a little off the grid, off the grid. Um, the, uh, I didn't have anything to post. And the cool thing about that is Kayla never has to worry about, like, you going to post anything about me? Like, tomorrow's Valentine's Day. Like, are you going to post anything? I'm like, nope, don't have it. Not me. I'm just going to do the old-fashioned way. You're going to get a card. And <laughs> we'll go to dinner or something. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. I'd, it's crazy. Like, we've been dating. It'll be 10 years in a couple of weeks, me and Kayla have been dating. And it's like you go from, like, how you think like your parents and family and friends like, Oh, they're like, when you first start dating when you're 19, 20 years old, you're like, Oh, please don't have a kid. Oh, please don't. And then it becomes like, you know, you really shouldn't. But like, if it happened, I think we could like, as a family, like, you know, we'd be able to provide. And then it becomes, you get older, you get married and then you become like 30. And it's like, so when are they coming? We're bored. Um, yeah, it's and surreal. It's personally for me when I, when I, uh, um, when I, I mean, when we found out it was like, it was like seeing it, like the thing saying pregnant, like, whoa, <laughs> like, <laughs> whoa, like that's it's what it is. It's like, whoa. And then like Kayla's, I mean, we both want to have kids, but she definitely was like more pushing it than me. Um, you know, I guess it's just she wanted it. She was more sure of it, I like, get the time. And then the weird thing is, is, like, when it says it, when it happens, it's just it's like the same thing we've always been. Like, with the apartment, she's like, "You, we got to move out. We got to move out. Like, I want this apartment. I got this apartment or whatever. And I'm like, this is a big decision. We better be sure. And then, like, we move in. And I'm like, oh, this is a really smart, good decision. She's like, I'm so homesick. I hate it here. Like, this was so, so bad. <laughs> like, she's so, like, that was the same thing with with the with the baby. She's like, "I want a baby. I want a baby. I want a baby." And then it's like pregnant. She's like, "Oh my god, like <laughs> it's happening." And I'm like, "You told me you were ready. Like, <laughs> like what is going on?" No, it wasn't like that. I mean, it was it was a good moment because you know she wants she wants to have kids and like one of her. I mean, we both have anxiety about everything, but one of her biggest things was like you know, not being able to have kids and she's just never have, she'd always have these like, Oh, it's never going to happen. Like, not that we were trying, like really weren't. And then, um, the, she, she's like, Oh yeah. Like it's, we're never going to be able to have kids. And you know, we're gonna have to like adopt or we're gonna have cats. And you know, like I love cats, <laughs> but like I want kids. And I'm like, and then the big moment happens and, it's so funny how we remember like dates. I'm like, the only way I remember that date is that it was the day the Niners played in Mexico. <laughs> that's, that's how I remember when it happened. Oh my God. You, Jamie gives me shit for that too, where it's like, I literally remember certain days, certain, like you I know, remember the I'll days, at, you know, like all you, all you hear all these women, like, Oh, my husband or whatever. Never remember dates. I'm like, I remember them just because I remember them because, a sport thing happens on that day. And it's like, why do you care? Like, I remember. 
Yeah, I never forget certain specific dates. I'm like, oh yeah, that's I remember that. Yeah, I was uh, checking on the uh, master score on my phone while we were there. I do remember that. So that must have been yeah. April. Yeah, and we found yeah. out it was it was going to be a a boy the day after the Niners lost. So, but yes, all that being said, congratulations, my friend. He's going to have a baby you. boy in August. Huge moment. Uh, fatherhood is coming. It's so cool and, that uh, it's coming in August because, yeah, there's no like potentially hockey playoffs. Like football hasn't started. Like it's just convenient. Convenient. <laughs> That's how you planned it out. You know, you're a professional. You're a professional podcaster. You know what your schedule is, and you were like, "Yeah, I'm like one of those. I'm like one of those. I'm like one of those hockey players who like the team tells them if you want to have kids, they are only being born in July and August. Because <laughs> training camp starts in September, or like football. Like, yeah, didn't some Chiefs like player's wife give birth to twins yesterday? Yeah, like in the morning, and then he won the Super Bowl at night. Like, what a day for that guy. The cool thing is he gets to say, like, the best moment of his life was the birth of his kids, but it also, in his head, was the day I won the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, it's the what same day. day. What a day. But, yes, We have a lot of birthdays in August. Um, the due date is, yeah, August 4th. I have a cousin born on August 4th. My sister is later in the month, but, um, yeah, it's weird. It's still weird. It's never going to not be weird. <laughs> Like, we made a person. Yeah. 13 years ago, you were an 18-year-old at uh, Cal State East Bay when I first met you, and now look at you. You're going to be a dad. I can't believe it. Pretty freaking wild. I can't either. (laughs) Yeah. Congratulations. It's it's a good thing I know Kayla doesn't listen to this anymore, so I can say whatever I want. (laughs) Um, Somebody's watching it on YouTube. I don't know who it is, but somebody is. And we get a few streams elsewhere, but it's always fun to see those. But yeah, again, congratulations. I don't think my parents watch, but I know they, my parents listen, but I know. And her parents watch, her parents watch the YouTube, I think all the time. Mm. Oh yeah. We, we're, we're huge. We, yeah. Massive podcast. Uh, but yes, congratulations again. And big moment on the pod to announce that. So there it is. The big news there. Um, before we wrap up the pod uh, and wrap up the 2022 season, uh, we're going to, just give you the plan for the off season until we get back to the NFL in, in late August. So um, we're going to do a free agency pod uh, March 16th and release it on the 16th. The 15th is kind of when all the decisions will be made. Uh, like where's Aaron Rodgers going? Where is Lamar Jackson going? Are the Niners going to make any significant moves in free agency? You know, where are all, where's Jimmy G going? All these things are going to happen March 15th, you would imagine. So that's the first day of free agency. So we'll come on the next day and uh, kind of go over all the craziness that happens on that day. Um, We'll be back uh, April 26th, the day before the draft starts in April, to do our draft preview, what we want the Niners and Vikings to do, what we see going on at the top of the first round of the draft. Uh, So that'll be fun. And then once we get to the middle of August, we're going to do previews of each division leading up to the season and leading up to our week one podcast. So uh, we hope you stay along with us for the ride. And then, uh, you know, throughout the offseason, I might throw in some other guests and whatnot to talk you know, baseball, soccer, golf, as things come up, because we're, we're, we have a blast doing this. We want to keep doing it. And there will be pods coming, uh, before the start of next season. So stay tuned. And, uh, it's amazing doing a podcast with you, man, for, for 15 episodes here, uh, covering this wild season where both of our teams went freaking 
13 and 4 when we thought they were both going to have losing records given all the crazy shit that happened. It was a wild ride, man. What a what a crazy first season, first NFL season of this podcast, huh? Yeah, you know, it's where the the uh it's our big break. It's 15 episodes, little uh podcast album, but next year uh Niners go to Minnesota, so we get to do one uh Actually Road trip, each other. possibly get a cheap flight up to up to Minneapolis for that one. Vikings, I believe, lost to the Niners in 2020, but did beat them in 2018. The last, so it's it's a split one and one. The last yeah, two times but, they've played, so this well, will no, be a we good won one. Last we we won. It was last year. Yeah, 21. I remember. Oh, that's right. And then so you have I remember the. Tw- I remember, well, did we play in 20? In the playoffs, yeah. Or no, nineteen. Oh was yeah, that was yeah, I was yeah. I was thinking just regular season. Um yeah, and then yeah, eighteen was in In Minnesota, Minnesota week one. Yeah. Yeah. And that was Cousins' first game as a Viking and we curb stopped. Remember Jimmy I watched G. that I watched that at your house. Yep. Yeah, that was an easy one. I thought, oh, cousins, this guy's gonna be a beast. What, one or two titles for sure. Uh lo and behold, it was actually the Niners who made a couple deep playoff runs uh after that, but yeah, Vikings Niners meeting next season. Uh, definitely excited for that one. I would imagine next season is going to start Thursday, September seventh, with a rematch: Eagles at Chiefs. Oh, I was thinking about that too. Yeah, I heard yeah. that that they play Philly. That is. It's either going to be that. It's either going to be that, or they're going to be like Buffalo or Cincinnati. I think they probably want to save that for later in the season. CBS I, probably I, protects that game. Yes. It's a it's a interconference game. It'll be just like when it was Panthers Broncos facing off again to start the 2016 season. Almost a guarantee that uh, the next time we are covering a regular season NFL game, it's going to be Eagles at Chiefs September 7th, 2023. And until then, we will have more content for you. But I am going to miss the NFL. It was a wild ride <laughs> in 2022. It's like and, yeah, uh, we, it's, okay. We got to get through a we whole gotta, like hot ass summer out here in the middle of <laughs> Brentwood and Discovery Bay. We got to like we got a hundred. The next time we do a podcast, days. the next time there's a football game, I'm gonna have a child. <laughs> That's how far in the future it is. 199 days away until the next regular season NFL game. It was a wild ride, and we were uh, so happy to to. Uh, have everybody listening to us this year we appreciate it and uh, we hope to uh, keep it going next year and thanks to everybody who listened uh, throughout the 2022 NFL season and we will be back soon for free agency for the draft for some football uh, coverage in August for some baseball and soccer and golf coverage throughout uh, the NFL offseason pumped to be bringing that to you and thanks to everyone for listening over the course of this NFL season and uh, we will see you soon